Hey, buddy. What is up? How you doing? Doing good. We're doing some back-to-backs today. Yeah, um, like our consummate hero, Burnt Chrysler, uh, we're cranking a few of these out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Actually, uh, um, uh, 100% was one of the uh, collab names I suggested to you. You did, and uh, had the one, uh, and I don't know how much you want to like uh, bury the lead, but uh, the one we did uh, eventually decide on um it would have been my favorite if not for what we ended up. Uh, I figured, I actually with. had to delete quite a few of those different quotes. I was like, this is too leaning too hard into this, but I liked a hundred percent. Well, hey, so we've got a little time before we can start disclosing uh, collab names out there because uh, I think this one's too too good to lose. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I mean, obviously, it's uh, a bit more ambitious than it had started, so um, that's kind of what makes it fun. So I like to keep people guessing. Um, I like doing weird shit, but this isn't about me and this isn't therapy. So we have a guest today, uh, one of my favorite bartenders and just all around, um, gentlemen, um, Jared, uh, Amon, Ammon, Ammon, get it together, dude, today has just not been a day for my dictation at all. Enunciation, sorry, dictation is fine. Yeah, I take dicks just great. <laughs> oh man. Well, sir, um, you, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there, but obviously nothing. Uh, we appreciate you joining the pod today. Yeah, thanks uh, for you was me. a very nice, patient guest. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you, you definitely sat through uh, the back half of the last one, uh, which is good because you missed uh, anything that is a surprise on this podcast. Not that there's a lot. I mean, there is a secret word, but that's fine. Um, and, you know, I've, I've wanted to get you on for a while. Um, I actually first kind of got to know you through our mutual friend, uh, previous ho or guest, uh, Joey Quatman. Previous ho. Pre- pre- previous ho. <laughs> no, he's still a ho, for sure. <laughs> previous ho. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, ho and guest. Uh, <laughs> Past, present, and future. Um, and uh, when you came to 12 West, it was... Uh, us both knowing him that kind of like got us talking and then uh in very short order i got to take a trip with you to bisbee and uh learned what a fucking fantastic person you are and how funny and interesting you just tend to approach life and it was on that trip i knew i had to get you on the podcast for sure so uh we're glad to have you (laughs) i'm glad to be here yeah this is awesome i've never done anything like this so it was kind of cool to like sit in at the end of the other one. Hell yeah, yeah. Kind of get a little more comfortable and like lean into. Kind of get a so. feel of what what yeah. this is. I mean, in all honesty, like for like I remember uh, when Alex and I first started doing. He in, uh, asked me to do the twelve minutes of twelve West, and that was a video format, <clears throat> just for social media during shutdowns and just trying to keep marketing going and keep people informed of what's new and cool. And I was like, all right, yeah, let's do that. And then I think we started at like ten a.m. And I was so fucking nervous to go do it that I was like drinking a beer at 10 a.m. at my house. <laughs> and like, first, like, what's up? I'm like, I'm about to go do a video thing. She's like, you're normally pretty good at speaking to people. I'm like, yes, but this is video format. It's totally different. Like, put me in, in, a, in front of 100 people and let me talk. Like, I can do that. I can crank that out. No problem. Yeah. Now it's in a video. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so nervous. Like, nerve wracking. And I'm like drinking an IPA. And I'm like, fuck, this ain't doing the trick. Like, give me a shot of vodka. And then I literally went straight to 12 Minutes 12 West just like eat some of these nerves up and uh but this is like just generally more like conversation flowing right it's just it's easy chat it's uh it's a microphone in front of three people that are having a good time oh yeah just like you would have a conversation at a bar yeah for sure yeah 
It's the, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's the, it's the, oh geez, I'm going to lose the word, but it's the come to life version of like, hey, we should record these conversations because we're funny. Um, And, you know, in this industry, we meet a lot of great and funny and interesting people. And uh, we all kind of like to, you know, the theme of this podcast, like to talk shit and talk shop a little bit. So uh, it all, uh, it's all fucking gravy, baby. And we're happy to have you here. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of conversations that I have with other bartenders and people that I wish were recorded. So oh, yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. That's, Bring um, him here. Yeah. It. And that's, uh, you know, and in, in, in Bobby's worked in several aspects of the industry as well as I have. And sometimes uh, different ones, sometimes the same ones. But um, we do kind of craft. And it's funny because, like, there's people that are very centric in the aspect of like working for brands and there's people who actually are practitioners behind the bar and we kind of structure some uh questions to kind of invoke you know exactly what you just said like man i wish we were recording this conversation you know about this topic but ultimately like bobby said we're just here to chat and have a blast and um with that said um it all comes down to the beginning so bobby would you like to kick jared off with the opening question jared great (laughs) you're looking at each other like this is gonna be a good one so as an adult man okay have you ever shit your pants no ah my fucking man i have not i've definitely come close i got another man on my team me jared and ben vandermeer look like you have (laughs) by by the way you just reacted by the way you reacted to me saying no you were like let down like Like, I haven't shit my pants. I'm trying to... I'm literally just going to start finding people uh, that are walking around the temple near my house and be like, come do this podcast just so I have more people in my group. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I don't... I, I, um, Bobby, do you want to clarify the um, the sides of this yeah, it's, uh, debate here? We, uh, it, it's been so long. We've talked about it so much time. but uh, We had a group of probably, I don't know, 10 people, 12 people at, at 12 West sitting at, in front of the beer bar. We're all just kind of in a circle talking. The conversation comes up with like shit your pants and like people are someone saying that they had and someone ended up having it. I'm like, wait, 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 like more people than not, like most of the most people haven't shit their pants. I thought I was in the majority of people, and uh, this is not the case. In about 10, 12 people, uh, turns out everybody but me had shit their pants. Really? And I was like, I, there's no fucking way. But these are all like industry people, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes, so that rate is going to be a lot higher yeah. among people that sell and drink alcohol constantly. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to get down that path. I'm waiting. It's going to happen. To me, it, I'm so. sure it's going to happen. I've gotten really close, but oh, it's never happened. Sure, yeah. um, and Wait. I'm still pretty content that it hasn't happened. Uh, but it doesn't lean into the content creating of this specific podcast yeah. for this specific question. Yeah, I mean, you're a young man, Jared. It'll get you eventually. But to answer your question, um, obviously you've never listened to the podcast before because had you, you would know that I very often <laughs> shit my pants as an adult. Oh, um, there, there are a few extenuating circumstances like... Uh, I did have to have uh, some intestinal surgery that uh, doesn't give me the exact kind of uh, control that one would want normally. And then also, um, I work in an industry where alcohol and decadent food without restriction is generally common. And then I travel a lot. So yeah, I mean, generally every month I've got at least one story about how uh, things went awry. (laughs) Well, if I have enough of these billets, we might get there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean... With that, uh, the you know, this isn't uh, a podcast about poops and shits. Uh, we just uh, that was kind of 
this weird contention point in a conversation we were having one time, and that's why it almost became this pivot. We're like, well, let's do a podcast, and how do we do it? And you know, um, anyone who's been paying attention to me and Bobby long enough is, you know, he, he mentioned the twelve minutes of twelve west, which I actually forgot is where we kind of started, um, and then we um, kind of threw the kind of threw shit at the wall with a couple different podcasts. But ultimately, speaking of shit against the wall, yeah. um, it was the format of like, hey, let's just talk shit, talk shop. And let's just open it up with like, hey, have you shit your pants? This uh, eternal contest me and Bobby are having to see who's on, <laughs> how many more people are on whose team. So it, uh, it's a, uh, it's been a fun time, but that'll probably be where we hang up. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. It's like Marvel school. versus DC, and DC's the didn't crap, and uh, we're losing. Well, it's because you won't stop letting Zack Snyder make all your films. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do like Zack Snyder, but seriously, get a different director. Um, that said, uh, we'll move on to some <clears throat> non-shit advertising. So, let's, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, how you well, came up, what had you got in this industry, what what really drove you to be who, like <clears throat> the line of work you're doing. Who, who you is are, your like, daddy, and, and what daddy. does he do? <laughs> well, for getting into like how I started. Um, so I actually went to ASU. I got my degree in kinesiology, which is uh, obviously why I bartend. We all know what kinesiology is, but just for the people who yeah. don't, yes. just explain that. Yeah, that. for those people. Uh, no, it's like exercise science, human movement. Okay. It was okay. like a precursor to like physical therapy. Got it. Um, obviously, but thank you for deleting the list. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Some people, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I did that and I got into like various forms of work, but started in chiropractic as an assistant. Oh, okay. fuck my backup, dude. Yeah, dude. Well, I I did it for like four or five months, and I just had this realization. I'm like, in like the healthcare field, like everybody that I'm seeing that's coming in here, like doesn't want to fucking be here. Oh, yeah. They don't want to see me, you know? Yeah. Mm-mm. And like, I'm just, I like to have like the energy of people where like the interactions are positive. So it was like a really tough thing for me to be like, everybody that I'm working with, like doesn't want to be here. So at the same okay. time, I was dating a girl we actually lived together, and she bartended on Mill at okay. Cafe Boa. All right. so, oh, I know Cafe Boa. Yeah, yeah. it's Delp Spot. But I would basically get off work, and I'd go hang out at the bar, and I'm like, everybody wants to be here. Like, everybody wants to hang out at these bars. This is where people like, choose to go. Yeah, like, yeah. they're making these people feel good about themselves, and, you know, having a good time, entertainment. And I was, like, 23. I'm like, all right. Got my first busing job in 23. Hell yeah. You know? But, yeah, within, like, three years, I was managing bars, so... I mean, I went at it like a, a thousand miles an hour. Well, we were just sure. talking about in the last podcast a little bit of a, uh, you know, um, be like be great at what you do. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, this person is going to work. He's a chiropractor, right? Like, there's the there's this yep. mentality of like this person shouldn't do a great job, but they've got the work ethic, like the personality, like that they're going to fucking push through and be the best of the best in a very short amount of time. Sure. Well, yeah. I also knew like I got into it late in the game. And I was, like, a little bit more mature than, like, the first person that's, like, you're bussing when you're, like, 15 or 16, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I, like, I was already, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like, I'm I'm not messing around. Like, going all I'm going to do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I wanted to bartend and got there, so. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where, you know, it, it was crazy. Is like, I, I was in, I've been in restaurants, bar and restaurants and breweries now for quite a quite a while, but uh, I started as a busser, too. Right. Um, and I came from the cabinetry industry, like, high-end cabinets. Uh, and then got into busing because I wanted to get in the restaurant world. And, uh, <clears throat> like, it's, I never realized, like, until I'd done every fucking job in the restaurant that when I started, like, managing people, that I was like, oh, all those little jobs taught 
something of how to be a manager, right? Like how to do what this job is. Like it's when I, when I am now managing an entire restaurant and I I can go to my boss and be like, well, this is how I can make your job better and make you better at your job. Like, Mm-hmm. But if you'd never done that, you'd just like, just clean the fucking table and wipe it down. It's not that hard. And you're like, well, no, when you're in the middle of a rush night on a Friday and a Saturday and you have a bus stop and then you're doing all these things, like, it doesn't, it, it is, it does get, it is a difficult job. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a, they all are, a mentally, know. like, it, men- mentally strenuous, sure, but like, it, you don't need a ton of experience to clean a table and wipe it down, but you can make, you can maximize what that job is, right? You can be a very efficient busser. And if you're going to be, something be efficient at it yeah um and then as, as and then up from you know takeout <laughs> to to cooking to serving bartending managing like there's a little bit of knowledge to learn in every little aspect of it absolutely like, like that's what gets you to be a manager kind of getting your hands dirty and doing all those jobs gets you to be what you are like it's there's no joke about it. like you wouldn't trust a do- doctor that didn't go to school right like they had to learn every facet of it before they get there so yeah i mean that's you know in kind of two statements that mean, kind of mean the same thing is like that's you know we are the sum of our parts right and that's kind of like if you look at Slumdog Millionaire like the moral of that movie at least in my summation is that like yeah he did this extraordinary thing because life had come at him and challenged him and taught him and he had learned from the lessons life taught him and they just you know the questions they asked happened to very specifically match up with his his, his lived life experience and I, I think the same way about the industry, right? Like whether it's, I mean, you can specialize in this industry and still never know everything, but it's this constant, I don't know. It's almost, it feels to me like crack, like this dragon you're chasing of like flawless service that looks effortless, that is put together because like, I know how bussers need to interact and like be unseen. And I know how hostesses need to like greet people at the door with the biggest smile on their face. Like they're like, they're their niece or nephew. Right. And it's just all these things, but you learn them by having customer interactions, by doing the job, by de- being in the dirt. And there's truly, uh, that's why I feel that one of the reasons I really like this industry is because it is a true meritocracy, right? Like, you can come in and, to your point, like, being a busser doesn't require <clears throat> a college degree in finance. But if you do it enthusiastically, have a smile on your face, always lifting people up, um, you execute your job perfectly, like, that creates other opportunities for you. And it also opens up, you know, the other part of this business, which is future people that you will run back into that can help you out in your career. Sure. Because that is um, all that ever happens. That's been huge for me. <clears throat> like networking is definitely like one of the things I try hardest to do, especially because I've worked up hardest with like really good bartenders that just don't have that presence. And, you know, I make it a point to like spend a lot of my time going out to bars, tipping people hitting them up, you know, building them relationships. Exactly. You yeah. know, and, uh, <clears throat> I just kind of met this new bartender. She's trying to get into craft and I took her out a couple nights ago and like, we were able to go to like seven bars in Phoenix and Scottsdale. And every oh, yeah. bar I walk into, like the bartender runs around, like gives me, and I, I kind of have this realization. Like, oh, I didn't know I like knew this many people. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you've literally implanted yourself in this industry. Right. But it is, it is, dude, I gotta say sometimes it's, it's wild. Cause you, you know, most people have like a poor self image of themselves, like right, like yeah. nobody walks around and be like everybody fucking knows me and I'm the shit, right? Like you walk right. around like I'm just a guy that does a job, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get that like little stroke of reality where it's like, oh shit, like oh I do know this person over here. That's that's not some nobody at this no name bar. Like we went to this dope bar and this killer person who's high up knows me. And then you it happens again and again and again. You're like, wow, I've really established who I am and what I do, 
And that wouldn't happen if you fucking sucked. Like, yeah, well, I guess that's some reassurance. Like, well, I guess I guess you could suck. I'm not saying you suck, but you'd have to suck and be the best fucking personality in the right, goddamn world. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've had your drinks. You don't suck. Oh, thanks. Mm-mm. So no, sir. Thanks. Um, but let's get let's get right on into this. Yeah. Uh, so we heard a little bit about yourself. Um, you uh, so, well, so what got you into like? like cocktail formulation like that's like that high-end cocktail creation as opposed to just a a a bartender to be a bar right like so my first actual bar job was after about three months of busing um bourbon and bones in old town opened up and uh richie mo who's my mentor took me over uh to bar back we only had two and this was the kind of bar where the bartenders walked in they made their drinks they cleaned their well and they left no prep, nothing. So very quickly I was thrown into, you know, we're doing $30,000 Saturday nights and I got to get this bar ready by myself. Oh, yeah. So three years of that, like, really taught me the work ethic and, like, you know, making sure that I'm doing everything right that's not making drinks, which is obviously, like, a paramount, you know, part of that job. But being able to do everything else first, I think, is more important. So after I did that, which is basically whiskey and wine, I left and then ended up at the White Rabbit. Okay. Yeah. that's when i got into craft i was just like this is the bar i'm at now and you know i gotta learn how to make cocktails so i just figured it out real quick in your line of work as an estimate <laughs> how many combined between lemons limes and oranges do you think you've cut that number's astronomical i think I'm, about it all the time I'm, it was like a like a high score thing like a track yeah. counter of like all of your life Dude. how many hours have been sleeping how many hours have been stuck in a car how many fucking lemon limes and oranges have i cut how many ranches <laughs> have i brought to a table Dude, like it's so funny as soon as you said that the first thing that popped in my head was that stupid fucking Suez canal yeah. <laughs> that, the ever given yeah. yeah i'm just like yeah probably like that many yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah i mean i remember an orchard's oh, yeah. worth how many is in an orchard yeah, right i remember uh at some bars like my opening bartender prep would be like okay your shift's over go uh and you know you have the little dice or the the slicer the, the not the slicer the um it does the wedges yeah, it's a little it's a slicer. It's like a yeah. punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put the orange in it or the lemon like, or the lime. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, I just I just got off like day bar. Slices. They're like one case of lemons, one case of limes. Dude. Oh yeah, and then that was standard. And then like busy holidays, I remember doing like five cases of limes for one day's of work. So, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, it's just it's astronomical. And I mean, Jared is part of this newer culture. I I, I always kind of like because I've been doing this so long. I I, I my my era of bartending was like just stacking shitty sugar on top of um, <laughs> shitty alcohol flavors and all these different things. But now we're into this like, you know, using f- actual flavor balance and in approach to cocktails that is more food driven. And he, he's part of this generation that takes that shit so much more seriously. And, you know, it's not just a wedge of lime. It's a wedge of lime, a dehydrated lime. Uh, you know, it's three different versions. So they're going through even more fruit. And vegetables than yeah. we ever fucking did. Lime juice, fresh lime juice, clarified lime juice. Oh my like, god! It just, yeah. it just never ends. You know, all the old sacrums where you're having to zest them. Like, there's so much fruit. And <laughs> and but back to that making it look effortless part. Like that's what bartenders in your your classification, uh, as I have it, which are some of the most respected that I, the most respected that I have, like you and Dirty Mike and you know Chuck and a lot of really great bartenders out there. Right? Um, is it's that effortless thing, like. 
it's doing everything that you're not doing in front of the customer that like, oh man, he, he made this fancy cocktail and you know, it was like 16 touches. Right. But if I had not done hours of prep this week, that would have been 36 touches and you would have waited 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and well, it's dude, just, I got to say like, <clears throat> sorry, the, uh, like I'm the asshole that goes to a cocktail bar cause I'm in the beer industry. I know exactly what beer I want. And if I go to a cocktail bar and I just want a simple answer, it's going to be an old fashioned half sweet. Like that's my go-to drink. Yeah. But okay. I'm not always interested in having, I'm not always feeling an old fashioned half sweet. Like, I want something different, sure. and you guys will come up to me with a fucking smile, like, what are you drinking? I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. Like, something dry, uh, something not too sweet, and you're like, all right, cool, bourbon, rye, vodka, rum, like, what do you want? And I'm like, bourbon, like, got you. And that's it. Like, It's more about figuring like, you out boom. rather than, and like, they, this is what I have to give you. It's like, uh, it's like the game of guess you, right? We have 100 items in your brain, and then you dial it down to, like, two or three, and you're like, this one sounds dope, perfect, let's go. And then uh, I've never been disappointed. Uh, that's good and i'm sure that happens to you a ton oh yeah so when i was actually at the white rabbit the number one ordered cocktail was bartender's choice oh i believe like it was hand sold at the table so you'd be in the well on a saturday night and you'd have you know 10 drinks and eight of them are bartender's choice they give you a spirit like a profile so very quickly and this isn't just at that bar with the advent of competitions and all this other stuff oh yeah you know people have gotten to this point where you have to be able to do that to like be considered a craft bartender, you know? So being able to take like those profiles and having the experience and recipes that you already know. And I kind of call it just Mr. Potato heading it. Oh, for sure. This citrus for this citrus or this sugar for this sugar. All of a sudden people think they're like, Oh, that's the craziest drink I've ever had. You're like, no, it's just a sidecar, but I changed. (laughs) I I just switched two things out, but yeah, you can think I'm really cool if you want, but I mean, that, like anybody else that's training this knows that is literally what this podcast is about. That's that industry secret yeah, that yeah. people don't realize. Like that's really what I wanted to get behind this uh, of this what this podcast is is like it's the shit most people don't fucking realize. Like it's like me at a me at a craft beer bar bartending. So I was like, what's good? And in my mind, it's what I need to sell. Yeah, one right. keg has been sitting yeah. and if they even kind of lead me into that direction i got you dog don't worry you pour it and you're like this beer's fucking delicious we just tapped it you're gonna fucking love it and they take a sip and here i'll do it for you <laughs> oh that's good i'm like fucking a right Always. it is good and they're like oh my god and like i would never drink a pint of that beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well dude like they're just listening to your self-confidence you know yeah it, like you just having that presence and being like, yo, like drink this, you know, well, it's dope. They're like, okay. And like in their head, they're like, this is the best beer I've ever fucking had in my life. And then they walk back to their group with their cocktail and an ice cream cone. They're like <sighs> the bartender made it special. Oh, yeah. Just hey, yeah, absolutely. And not to, not to disparage your average person or listener, but no, disparage all, the fuck out of them. Okay. Well, I mean, all three, not of that them, their cocktail that they made was shit. Well, no, no, no. But, I'm just, I'm just saying your average consumer, like, you, you, me, have all read books on like how to understand what you're tasting, how flavors work, whether it's the flavor Bible, whether it's salt, facet, salt, fat, acid, heat, whether it's um, tasting beer by Randy Mosher. Like these are all books, that, like at least one of them, we people that do what we do have read. And so when you do taste something that's not as good as it should be or in the style that was just described to you, like like you just said, the beer is handed to a person. They're like, oh, he says it's awesome. It hit my mouth. Uh, it tastes good to me. Like, I, I remember talking to someone and they're like, oh, I love that beer. 
it reminds me of butterscotch. And I like looked, and it was an <laughs> Irish red. And I look back, and I'm like, that's an off flavor. Yeah, it shouldn't be tasting like that. And she's like, but I love it. And so it is, in my summation, just this like truly misunderstanding of like people just honestly like never really train their palate and not in a pretentious way. Like when you taste food, like if you like, I don't know, like I like quote unquote making a meal out of something. I mean, anyone who's seen me, I'm fat as shit, but like I I really, I enjoy tasting something and like really enjoying it. Like, yes, on the surface, like I'll crank down a, a chicken sandwich, right? But like being able to like someone like Jared who can hear like, Oh, I'm in the mood. And I do this shit to him all the time because I'm such a moody drinker. But yeah, well, I need something citrus, but like it with mezcal and like, mm, you know, I don't want, you know, whatever. And it put a it, fucking cherry in it. It just arrives in okay. front of me. Yeah. But because the flavors I'm describing, I know that's how a palate works. And so does he. So yeah. it's this shared language. And then a lot of times I just think that like, you can really sell with like, Again, you make amazing drinks, but back to like handing someone a, a, a beer that's three months old, you're like, just tapped it. Like, a lot of times people don't even know what the fuck they're looking for oh, yeah. when they go to drink something. They're just like, if it's this most doesn't of all ta- consumers, if this doesn't actively taste bad, it's good. And I think that that's where a lot of people start. So, so I'll ask this, uh, which I don't think I've even asked anybody this in this podcast before is uh, right. if you had like a piece of advice to give someone that's walking up to your bar that doesn't know what they want to drink or like not a not a cocktail person, not a uh, not much of a consumer. Like they just they normally go to their own dive bar or the regular, and they get a margarita, yeah. and they just know that's good. Especially what's you, that word of advice? Especially if you walk into Twelve West and you're just like so taken aback, and like you see these like crazy cocktails, and like I want to get one, but I don't know what. To, yeah, back to Bobby's question. Like it's just this overwhelming experience, right? Like, yeah, I mean, the big thing I would say is to just step outside of your comfort zone. And hopefully like you're with I a like good it. bartender that, you know, has an understanding of these flavors and, you know, liqueurs and stuff and base spirits and uh, just kind of let them guide you, you know, maybe you like say you hate mezcal, you've tried four of them. Maybe the fifth one is like, you're like, holy shit, I like mezcal. Yep. You know, you got yep. to explore if you want to, you know, have like a wide, <clears throat> you know, a wide vocabulary with cocktails and flavors and be able to go to bars and like have this big selection of stuff that you know you like. You got to try it and you're going to have a lot of stuff that you don't like. You <clears throat> so, know? would you say lean more into like classic cocktail, whatever's on like menu items or like, like, because there's you could go, you could go to 10 different high end cocktail bars, right? Right. And get a classic cocktail. I want an old fashioned, I want a martini, I want a Manhattan, I want a Sazerac. Or, do you think they should lean more into what is on your drink menu? Because those are specifically formulated that you guys are proud of your recipe. Like, what would right. be your advice? Um, drink menus are tough because it, it depends on why it was created and the function of it. Because, I mean, let's be real. The, the biggest reason they're made is to sell. Sure. So if you're looking for, like, an experience, a lot of times I say just take something that you know you like and then kind of let the bartender depart from what you normally do. So, for instance... We have this regular uh, named Tate. He comes in all the time. Oh, I love Tate. Yeah, when I first met him, all he drank is uh, gin and tonics. Mm-hmm. And then he moved on to, I can't remember what the other gin drink was, but it was like something like a gimlet. And I was like, oh, okay. Like Gimlet's Tate's stepping solid. out of his comfort zone. One day he came in. I'm like, why don't you let me make you something with gin that you've never had before? He's like, okay. So I made him a bijou, which is like chartreuse, vermouth, and gin. It's a very classic cocktail, but... You're not going to find it out there on a the menu or anything. It's hey, kind yeah. of obscure. 
And he had it, and he was like, this is the best cocktail I've ever had in my life. And it's very different than a gin and tonic. You know, <laughs> what was the name so. of this cocktail again? It's called Bijou. It means yeah. jewel in okay. French. So it's like green chartreuse is like supposed to be the emerald. Vermouth is ruby. Okay. And gin is sapphire, I think. So it's Ooh. named jewel after the three Killy. alcohols that go in it. But, I mean, that's like a good... Now he drinks those all the time, and then he's drinking like a Martinez next, you know? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, his like palate is expanding significantly yeah, from a gin and tonic yeah and he can yeah, go to a no, cocktail no, no. bar and he has, he's got options no yeah. especially when you've got like some of the best bartenders in the fifth largest city in the u.s standing in front of you like what a great <clears throat> way to step out of a gin and tonic and i guess um just out of my own curiosity um bobby's question and your answer kind of leads me to another follow-up question so you said to step out of your comfort zone and the, there are going to be times when you make make a cocktail that someone doesn't like or someone doesn't like a cocktail, like what I guess as a consumer who's willing to be bold and 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 risk taking a cocktail I don't like in, like what I guess is the protocol for when I'm like, oh, ugh, like this just isn't for me. And I'm, I'm obviously giving the most objective, nice consumer attitude here, the, right. the, the ideal, which is just like, oh, man, maybe this isn't exactly what I was looking for, but I do want to swing for the fences. Like, do I just, like, I guess, what's the protocol for, like, approaching uh, a a craft bartender on that? Well, I mean, that would depend on the establishment, like, who's running it. Um, For me, like, the bars I've worked at, it's pretty much built in the cost that you're going to lose a couple drinks here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, when somebody's getting adventurous, you're not using the nicest spirit for the base. You know, maybe you're using... You're not bringing down the Glen, Glen, Glenlivet like twenty five, right? Yeah, you're, you know, so you're OFC taking like or... maybe some doers or like Monkey Shoulder, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like even at Twelve West, if you look at our well, like there's no slouches in there. Like they're oh, all no. they're yeah. all good enough to make these. So I mean, that keeps the cost down of risk if you have to toss something. Because my thing always with the guest, if they get some food they don't like or drink or beer, mm-hmm. you got to figure it out. Like. Get them something new. You know, also, figure out what you're going to do. For with any consumers cost. listening, if you get a drink, you don't fucking like it, fucking finish it and then order something and be like, I didn't like that. Like, like or, or I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you'd have, to, I'd have to genuinely hate but the Bobby, beverage. You, we all work in this industry. If I finish a drink and I'm like, hey, I didn't like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know I'd, I'd be mean? like, so, yo, why didn't you tell I, me I, right I, off the bat? I, 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 oh, see, I, no, I, I, I go, I didn't love that. Not because I'm not wanting to pay for it, right? Okay. Didn't okay. love that. Now That's let's different. get to whatever this next thing is, right? Like, right. Right. like dope. Like, I am an adult Here, and I can commit you... to fucking eight ounces of liquid. Hey, right? like, um, now let's thanks get... for the drink. Like that. Um, that didn't necessarily fit my taste. Here's what I exactly. didn't like about it. Are you able to make me a cocktail that kind of like avoids those pitfalls? Yeah, because in a consumer, sure. you know, as a business, they they will. Hey, you didn't like it. We're here to make you enjoy this experience we want to get you products that you want to enjoy like right. that's why when you go to a beer bar they let you sample a beer before you commit to it but when you commit to fucking I six samples anyone sample like a beer. if you sample six <laughs> fucking things you can't figure it out maybe that's on you motherfucker like get it together oh that is uh, be an adult that can make a decision absolute worst pretend I, like you've been there before yeah I, i'm sure there's every server on the planet's got a similar story but it's like the guy who asked for three samples and then two more and then like, but not at the same time. And it's like, I've brought you a pint worth of samples. Like, 
do you not know what you like in your mouth? <laughs> That's well, what she or said. like, it's, and I get like, okay, so <laughs> it's the first time you can't been to a cocktail bar. Like, have you ever had a spirit before in your life? Like, what did you enjoy and what did you not enjoy? Like, sure. these cocktail artists, like these cocktail like, creationists aren't fucking mind readers. They didn't swipe your palate and figure out what you wanted. You've got to come with some context to what you're doing, right? Like, and then it may not be the perfect drink, but they are literally doing their best to create something designed specifically for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for every nine times you hit the nail on the head, you're going to, one is just going to oh, sure. completely like. That's a great way to look at it, too. Totally missed, you know? Yeah. And it does happen, you know, I all the time. Like, I'll just have a total miss. And I just look at them and I'm like, okay, well, I know that doesn't work. So <laughs> yeah. let's figure something well, else. That's out. a great learning curve, too. Like, because yeah. then they know. Hey man, everything about this was not what I like. Right. Um, and then you go, perfect. That dials this thing down way more to now what I know. I'm never. I'm not going to use most of these ingredients and whatever the next thing is because right. then they're going to get you even closer to like this perfect yeah. cocktail. But like, no one can help you if you don't just at least like, hey. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with like, like you said, Bobby, committing to six to eight ounces of something that like, especially if it's ethanol and like you know you're a don't waste it kind of person, which is very fair. But. Uh, yeah, I uh, I agree. I mean, it's it's craft for a reason, and I think that craft cocktails being so actually niche and new, like like I said, like th- there's a new class of bartenders that are like up and coming, like the young generation of like mid twenties bartenders that are like taking over the scene. Um, like Jared just said, he you know he worked with these people and he knew them, and then hang out with them at these different things, and then he goes and they're all the like tastemakers and you know, people doing shit at all these different places because that's how it happens. It's how it happened to me when, during my time, like I just worked with a bunch of people and the next thing I knew there are buyers over here, like oh, yeah. over here, like, you know, cocktail program runners over here and um, all that kind of stuff. But um, I did want to, um, since we are on the topic of like customer interaction and, you know, kind of like crafting that experience, um, tell us about an interesting regular the past, Ooh. present, future. Um, oh, yeah. But something, don't, something don't that just comes future. to mind. Yeah. No, I got. I mean, <laughs> don't choose future. <laughs> probably, probably my favorite regular, which I think you know him pretty well, is uh, Danan. If you know Danan at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Danan, and I, I'm using him as an example because he's followed me to other bars and has been super helpful for us. Okay. But uh, yeah, he just he pretty much comes in. He like posts all of our stuff on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's very well connected. What's actually funny, you were at his party, right? At the Rabbit? Yeah, I actually, I just did a, a f- presentation because my, my beer company is doing a program with Few Spirits. Okay. Uh, like, right as we were wrapping that up, he, like, rolled in. I was like, hey, buddy, what's up? I <laughs> <laughs> just, like, out of nowhere. I was like, I think I saw you last at your birthday. And he's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, so for those listening, I'll kind of lightly touch on what happened with that. So <laughs> it was a party at the White Rabbit. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> that was so wild. <laughs> So this is kind of this is why he's interesting to me because like he can just I, I'll be I'll oh be, no 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 yeah. I was just talking about myself because oh, okay. I, I just had so much fucking fun. Oh, that I don't night. even remember anything like most of the specifics, but there was definitely because, not a fire. Uh, there definitely was not. Um, I'd love so, to hear about this not fire. So this guy, he's so I don't know exactly what he does, but it's nothing industry related. 
He just likes to go out. His classic so, head he, to the mic. Yeah. He's done it again. Yeah, I, uh, I always have to again. have a headphones to the mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> but this guy's network with the bartenders he has served them is so deep. We went down, and it was like the all-stars of Arizona. There Dude, was like 15 big swinging dicks in that bar. Yeah, the, I, I walked in, and I um, like... Industry people? Yeah, yeah I'm just this like... Guy, this guy works on like tech or badass something. Badass bartenders. Just yeah, like rolled up to like celebrate this dude's party. And I, I remember walking in and like... Gilbert, Jared, too. Jared told me, he's like, he's like, it's going to be awesome. I'm like, okay, whatever. And like him and Chuck are there. Like, I, they're legit-ass bartenders. And I'm like, okay, if you guys are showing up, it's legit. And I walk in, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to get served drinks from some people <laughs> I've been trying to get a drink from for a minute. It was Sexy. a shit show. <laughs> in the best way possible. Like, it was so wild. It was like one of the best parties I've ever been to. Just for this one guy that just comes to the comes to our bars and takes pictures and stuff and yeah, there was stuff was getting set on fire. Like you know, there was a lot of agua that was consumed. Like it was, it was a good good time. I know the bartender made like this is like a Sunday night. He walked with like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think I got like two drinks and then or two two drinks for two of us. So maybe four drinks in total. And I was like. It was just such a wild time, and it, it was just such a... I, I literally just pulled out $100. I was like, I'm out of here. Like, you yeah. guys figured it out. Thank you. That was awesome. I'm here for it. <laughs> and uh, and that actually kind of got me kicked off and like... Because I'm the old man uh, in the group these days, which is weird because I was always the youngest. But I was like, man, I have not felt like connected to this part of the industry yeah. in so long. But like just having that many passionate just well-talented bartenders just showing off to each other, having fun. Cause like this guy just, um, I, I definitely want to get to know more and I'm, I'm glad to bump into him. And, and I kind of met him that night, but like he just, he's one of those people that just really like is knowledgeable and like supports this industry to a point where like, it's, I don't know, I guess if you just like give without expectation and support people enough, like you're just accepted as one of them, right? Whether you get behind the bar and slang or not, and he's just definitely one of those guys. And just to be able to have like so many bartenders unleashed, just trying to impress each other to the point where the bar definitely got lit on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. More than once, if I can remember. Uh, definitely more than once. Oh, uh, yeah. Was this a private event? No, no, it, it, it was still open to the public. I like, fucking, there's people at like, tables like staring at us, like, "What the?" Fuck I would is love going to have on? just been like, "And what day of the week was this?" It was like a Sunday night. Yeah, like, was, I would love to have been just oh a right, like just someone that's like, "Honey, you want to go with White Rabbit? We'll have some nice cocktails. It'll be fancy." <laughs> yeah, last time and was then so like, great. <laughs> this was a fucking raging club with the bar on fire. <laughs> That was kind of like when Chuck and I did our takeover there a couple of weeks ago. They reserved the whole bar for 12 West. Yeah. Uh, and it was came. just rowdy. I, I went uh, until all of the other 12 West employees started showing up. And I was like, I should probably not be here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't need to watch all of you get belligerent <laughs> and figure out why you're not showing up to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was a good time, though. That's actually how I met Chuck. Was uh, And this kind of goes back to playing on community because this like generation is so good at supporting each other there's no like beefs or spats that i really know about that are like big yeah everybody just loves each other there's enough room on the table for everybody to eat there really is there is especially after covid i think everybody saw that happen and they were like they're like yo we gotta stick together you know so actually going back to that during covid and this is the going to the chuck thing um, when I started managing at the White Rabbit, me and uh, Matt Plagman, who's at 36 Below now, mm-hmm. uh, started doing a guest bartending feature. 
uh, once a week. And we were actually doing it to get out-of-work bartenders some money. So the first guy that actually came in was Miguel Mora. Oh. Who Alex and I got tattoos from him yes, sir. pretty recently Love with Miguel. some other 12 Lesters. But it was his first time bartending in like nine months. So he came in and it was just a party. Hell yeah. Because nobody was doing guest bartending or anything. Everything was still under restrictions. So every week we would change off. Me and Matt, we'd pick somebody. Chuck was one of my picks. And we, we worked together that night. And literally we talked to each other. I'm like, dude, we got to work again together someday. <laughs> Hell yeah. So when I ended up resigning from there, I, I talked to Chuck for a minute. And I'm like... I'm not going to bartend right now, but if you need somebody, you hit me up. I will drop whatever I'm doing and come work at 12 West. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's worked out, but yeah. It's Very much in the favor of 12 West. For sure. Well, for sure. Great. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I favor too. I need to, uh, it, dude, it's been a minute since I've gone down there and have some cocktails. Like, things have just gotten busy and, and just like, this is such a, like a breath of fresh air to be like, nope, <laughs> get the fuck down there and have a goddamn cocktail. Dude, between... Uh, Trey, Jared, and Dirty Mike's fucking Instagrams right now. I'm like, holy fuck. Can you not post eight cocktails that I want to drink before it's even noon? Like, they all look incredible. Like, these guys are fucking hustling some shit right now. Like, so now is the, the perfect game, like- time to go get a... To go get a fucking innovative, killer fucking cocktail. These guys are working on some shit. We're, so. we're really competitive with each other in a good uh, yeah. way. No, absolutely. Like, it's building it. each other up, right? It's, like yeah, It's, it's like when you go to the gym with someone that's working out with you, and you're like, well, I got to push harder because I can't look like a bitch. In front yeah, of this exactly. guy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I got to be more innovative. It's nice because, you know, the last bar I was at, there was a couple bartenders like that, but it's the whole staff here. You know, we're well, all yeah, like, like pushing you guys each pushing each other isn't like, hey, I made this new cocktail. It's an old fashioned with cinnamon ground on it like no 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 like, like um, yeah if you pull up like that you're gonna get made fun of all night yeah so <laughs> those cocktails we made for the gladly competition that none of us got picked for but uh that was story. some of those, those cocktails, cocktails were, were wild dude dude i i was seriously floored that not a single one made it through i was I like know. what i was like i, I mean that, so that, leaning right. into this is what's your favorite cocktail to make daiquiris <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for really Jesus. for real no yeah just but everybody has this misconception of the daiquiri, like it's this blended, blended drink shit that you drink, get at sugar like, bomb. Yeah, that you get at like Fat Tuesdays, but like it's not. It's basically it's the cocktail that like preceded. I think if I got my dates right, like the margarita and the whiskey sour. It's rum, lime juice, and sugar. So it's basically if you took like a margarita and stuffed rum in. Um, but yeah, it's three ingredients. That's actually when I'm when I have been hiring people in the past. That's the one cocktail that I make them make. In, All right. In the interview. Like, not an old fashioned, not that. Like, you got to be able to balance sugar and acid. Mm hmm. And I just like slamming them, too. Uh, well, that leans into my very <laughs> next question is what's your favorite cocktail to drink? Oh, that? Or uh, everyone's going to hate me for this, but <laughs> when I go out, I drink Jack and Diets. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's solid. No, like every, it doesn't matter what bar in America or in the world I go to, they can they've, make it. Yeah, they've got and Jack they and they can't they got fuck diet. it up either. Yeah. <laughs> It's always going to taste the same, you know? If I get an old-fashioned at five bars, like, yeah, two of them different. are probably going to suck. You yeah, know? and some shitty chain outback or some shit like, well, exactly. we have sugar cubes. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, yeah. No doubt. I uh, I do the same thing, but, like, uh, for instance, when we went to the Golden Pineapple, uh, Izzy's like, what do you want? And I was like, a high life? And she's like, yeah. wait, what? And I was yeah, like, well, uh, well, and Izzy was a baby bartender back then, so I was like... I, First of all, I want to make sure that you're making good cocktails tonight. And secondly, like, um, I don't know some of these Golden Pineapple bartenders. I'm going to take a sip or two of some cocktails before I, like, fully commit. And uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to, you know, a high life tastes the same no matter where I buy it. 
Not necessarily. <laughs> only in a bottle tastes the same most of the time. Well, I only drink High Life out of a bottle, sir. Yeah, so. find, I mean, I got to say, I don't even remember the last time I saw High Life on, a, on draft. And uh, it's probably a dive bar whose lines are shit. Oh, uh, dude. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> gunky. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to look back at some of these. Like, I've, I've taken a step into a dive bar's walk-in, and it's just... Oh. Just feet just sticking to the bottom, and I'm like, I'm good. I, I'm drink Bud Light or Coors Light from a can. Like, there's nothing worse than servicing an account and then realizing that you don't want to drink their like draft lines anymore because like you've tried to have a conversation, but it's just not going anywhere. Right? Yeah, I know. And, I mean, and, and you can only step so far before it becomes problematic for what you're trying to accomplish as a partnership. Yeah, I need um, the pure caustic without being diluted and a pressure washer. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> I'm gonna need that monthly. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, that's a that's a cost that a lot of people uh, forego because you know the honest truth is, while beer can like get progressively bad, it's really hard for beer to get you like sick. Oh yeah, don't worry, guys. Listeners, you're yeah. not gonna get sick on the shit. But as people who, it's just like uh, anybody like so like Jared, he he could watch a bartender make a drink and the drink's perfectly fine. But he's gonna go, that's fucking gross. I wouldn't drink that shit. I'm sure. Uh, just like beer people yeah. that go look at lines and like, I don't want to drink beer on these lines. They're just fine. We're just snooty bitches. Um, <laughs> so I want to get into what I think is actually my favorite question of the entire podcast. Uh, sure. And that is the, what is the shadiest thing you've done at work? <laughs> oh. I gotta think. Okay. And we've had other 12 <laughs> Westers on here. <laughs> no, I got, I got. We've had other 12 Westers on here. Alex doesn't work for 12 of us right now. Right. Well, this wasn't at twelve. West. Perfect. This is when I was barbacking. Doesn't it so, wasn't at twelve West? I get it. it really, I get it. Trust me, you're gonna hear the story <laughs> and you're gonna be like, that was absolutely not at twelve West. <laughs> so this was actually when I worked in fine dining for those three years. So barbacks, you know, the bartenders, and this is just something that kind of happens behind bars. You know, they'll have like a little nip of this or that every oh, once sure. in a while at work. It's I just was part drunk on Rumbleman's for eight years at Guatemax. I hear you. Oh, this is worse, dude. So, <laughs> Holy we, we only shit. Had I'm, two, I'm here for it. We had two barbacks, right? And we were pulling like 10, 12-hour days. So at the end of the night, you know, everybody's gone. We're like cleaning up and stuff. And, you know, the bartenders, they're having their drink. And they won't give us any because we're the barbacks, yep. you know. But we're like 23, 24 years old. We're like, all right, we're old enough. We can do this. We can figure this shit out. So, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we used to clean everything with it was Everclear cut with water. So it was basically like vodka, like vodka. Yeah. yeah, it was like fit like a hundred proof vodka, pretty much. But we had them in spray bottles. Because- Surprisingly, uh, sorry to catch you off. Uh, one of my old liquor stores that I sold to um, would bring in like ten to fifteen cases of Everclear a week. Yeah, and he says he sells. Almost all of them to doctors because it's cheaper than oh, yeah. high proof rubbing oh, alcohol. Sure, yeah, it's the same thing. But, like, so we had them in these spray bottles so we could clean wine glass. It did everything. We'd clean glassware with it. We'd clean the bar top. You know, it's a it's a good, cheap cleaner that Absolutely. doesn't have any residue. Like, oh, it doesn't yeah. have any smell. Ethanol, once it evaporates, like, you're, no smell, no, no, yeah, residue, yeah. you're great. Well, the other awesome function of it, too, is, you know, when you have a, a paper cup from the back, you can just unscrew. <laughs> <laughs> you can unscrew the spray bottle and just pour a little in there real quick. Get a little OJ from the fridge. Uh, I mean, like, on paper, like, what we were actually drinking isn't that gross. But no, the not way, at all. The way that it came about is so janky, though. <laughs> Let me unscrew this oh spray. I just imagine you guys cleaning a bar and, like, Dude. you 
turn the nozzle from spray to stream oh. and you just squirt each other in the mouth oh, across dude. the bars. Like is that where you guys got bad. all this squirting drinks in each other's mouth business from? Oh no, that was uh, Chuck and I when he did that takeover with me. We put Montenegro in a squeeze bottle. Hell yeah. And we were just walking up. This was peak COVID. Like, should not have been doing it. <laughs> oh, I for, dude, I forget when Chuck was, uh, when you and Chuck were doing the uh, the White Rabbit takeover. I forget what you guys had, but I just got like squirted in the mouth of that. That was, that was Montenegro. Yeah, it was sure. like a solid three second like. Yeah. <laughs> so how yeah. did you guys come to uh, to figure this out? The, the the spray bottle the spray bottle yeah I mean we were the ones that filled it and we're like one day we just kind of looked at each other like we were a little thirsty oh. at the end of the night we looked at each other like what what if we you know <laughs> how do you feel about this <laughs> it's like finding out when your homie's like you oh, want to do some shady shit because yeah. I kind of want to do some shady shit but I, only if you want to do some shady yeah. shit and they're like yes yeah basically yes. like we came to an agreement a non-verbal agreement. You look at the other person and you're like, All right, are we doing this? We're doing it. So that's pretty much how that happened. Uh, thankfully, that that was, thankfully, that was a short-lived thing. That was like maybe the first couple months we were there. And yeah. then I was like, we can't be doing this. This is, yeah. this is so bad. You know, I used to, so I used to, to start my shift, shotgun 16-ounce cans of probably like most mostly porter oh. uh, in our oh. walk-in before I would do a bartending shift at my brewery purely based on that nothing can get worse than this yeah i mean that sounds mm. i just have to shock in the southern think... billet right now <laughs> <laughs> oh man i uh obviously unless you want to throw a brewery i think i know what brewery you're talking about um but that's currently with them Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, I, I was going to ask. I was like, you heard it here first. Is that fall? Is that fall? <laughs> yeah. uh, I know they yeah. make it work. <laughs> Currently with them. Yeah. No. Uh, and I've, I've the owners know I've done it now. Uh, yeah. I didn't tell them then. That's for sure. Listen, uh, it's funnier <laughs> in a story. It's less funny when you're like drinking a beer <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, walk in the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We both just still have the candor face, head turned. We look eyes wide open. Like, yeah, that's when there's that's this. when there's a conversation. Yeah. Are you okay? Like, do you, are you Dude, good? I uh, I remember working at this trash company. It was a uh, and I'll fucking call him out. Samuel Staffing. Fuck you. Uh, it was a medical recruiting firm. Fuck them to death. Um, the uh, all the people I worked with for the most part pretty nice. Even like the general manager who was kind of not great at what he did was a very was a super nice guy um but just a garbage setup for what this fucking industry is um but i remember talking to my to my buddy who was working there like we i we became buddies working and he's the only other person my age by quite a few years and uh he remembered i remember him telling me a story of like how one of the other sales reps who doesn't no longer work there like finally opened up to enough where she's like we're going on a smoke break, which is really just us going and playing hacky sack and shit. You know, like just a reason to get out because we saw the people smoking. We're like, yeah, let's, we'll take that reason uh, I gotta to leave. Check my tire pressure. Yeah, and uh, she opened up uh, a warm, bo- like plastic bottle of vodka out of her trunk. She's like, "Do you want any of this?" He's like, "No." And I'm like, "That's a great excuse because I hate this job so fucking much." And uh, if I get fired, I'm just gonna tell him that I'm an alcoholic and have an issue, and then you can back me up, right? And vice versa. And we just knocked him like. <laughs> Hundred percent, dude. Jeez. Like, like, uh, and and uh, I was actively looking for other jobs, and I was like, dude, just fuck, fuck all this job. Like, I don't care about this company at all. That is fantastic. I um, oh, man. uh, just on the same theme. I don't even know if I've ever told the story before, but um, 
and I don't talk about it a lot, but I used to work in a call center. Uh, I was doing uh, tech management. For, was that call center called called uh, Iguana Max? No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god! Um, it was Pace. Chuck actually ended up working there after I did, but I remember at some point, like it wasn't the worst work in the world. The problem was like your compensation versus your time in, and then I am just always a hustler. So I found myself in like so much overtime. And uh, but I was also bartending uh, at Aguana Max. There it is uh, <laughs> on Sundays. I remember one Sunday I got so fucking blasted working at Aguana Max in the morning. Just Romans have Romans. I'm like second call in, and I realize I am blackout drunk. I realize. Yeah. Um, how do you even realize you're blackout drunk? I'm just like. <laughs> so I like. I, I, I stop a second. I put myself on what's called Ox4, just a, a pause. You can't do it more than two minutes or else they call you. And I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, fuck this place. Thank you for coming, ACNC. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, fuck this place. Fuck them. I got to work 18 hours of overtime a week just to, like, have a living wage. Um, pace isn't in Tempe anymore. Plus, fuck them. Uh, but, yeah, just wanted to share that totally un-industry related story but I was getting drunk on a Guatemax so I felt it counted. Yeah, that counts right? yeah 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 it counts for sure <laughs> now um, Jared uh, you've uh, you've worked with a lot of people yeah you've um, you've experienced uh, a gauntlet like you just said you uh, you knew some shitty people while you were working helped uh, you out but tell me about a terrible co-worker someone who just that I just saw come into your eyes Tell me about that oh, person. Think- <laughs> you, don't have to say, you don't have to say the name. Oh, we—I guess we didn't tell you at the beginning, which we normally person. tell people. We don't edit anything. Oh, that's um, fine. But yeah. so, so if there's someone you don't want to say, don't say him. But also, if you want to, we're for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you uh, heard the last one where I was like, "I'm oh, not no. going to say her name," and then immediately <laughs> said, said her name. <laughs> no, I will. I mean, this person is like family to me. Definitely, like love him to death. He's one of the most terrible people I've ever worked with and one of the best people I've ever worked with. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that surprisingly Joey's answer, too? Yeah. Yes. He said it was, like, my favorite but also least favorite person. So, th- yeah. I mean, this... this. Everybody- what if it's the same person? Oh, it's not. <laughs> Joey definitely is I'm not fairly certain I can guess who Jared's already Yeah, it, well, it's it was my mentor. Ah, Rich. there we go. <laughs> so, Knew it. <laughs> everybody, like... I met Richie. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's, like, family to me, but, I mean... Dude, everyone who's mentored under Richie loves him, but they're also like, fuck that guy. Dude, uh, I like to feel that's what I leave behind me, too. Uh, <laughs> so, actually, I was I was uh, the first time Richie worked like a, a spotlight shift at 12 West. I was beer Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot he worked there. And uh, I, I I didn't know anything about him. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw him, and I was like, okay. Like, same. You just... It's what you what you see is what you get, right? Right. You don't get to know anything about him until you get to know someone about him. And uh, I didn't know anything about him. Just saw him, and I was like, okay. Uh, he's craft cocktail guy. Cool. Uh, phone rings, quarter way in the shift. <laughs> Answer the phone. Is uh, Richie whatever's last name working? And I'm like, uh, let me check. And uh, I've been in this industry long enough to know what a parole officer sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I walk over oh, and I'm like, hey Chuck, <laughs> someone's calling for Richie. Uh, just want to see first, and then Richie walks up and go. Rich, are you supposed to be here right now? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you told everybody you're supposed to be here because there's someone calling for you. 
Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm guest bartending. Someone's probably calling to see if I'm actually guest bartending. And I go, okay. I go, and uh, what are you calling about? Oh, you just want to see if you can get some cocktails? Yeah, he's fucking here. Thank like- you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because if you know Richie, like, I'm sure he's had one before. <laughs> like- oh, yeah. Well, dude, I too many times oh, at man. other businesses I've worked at taking a call. I'm like, is That's Jonathan just- Featherston here? And I'm like, uh, I no, he's not here. I'm like, well, I'm his parole officer. I'm going to come down and log this. I'm like, oh, fuck. I should have just said he was here. Yeah. That's when Ooh. you're like, uh, yeah. No, um, yeah, love him to death, but I mean, and he's the reason I'm good at what I do because he just kind of cracked the whip on me for three years. I did a lot of stuff being a shithead that he put up with, you know, definitely. <laughs> we all have those people. We 100%. Work with, you know, so, oh, yeah. but uh, no, I was one t- myself. He, he drove me into the ground, but I'm like thankful that he did because like he taught me to have self-respect in what I do and to like be motivated and all the steps of service, all that stuff that like. It's really hard to teach people when they work somewhere and they don't do it. You know, oh, he, was yeah, the, yeah. he was the first person I worked for, so it was only good habits. But man, he just, one time during a shift, this was like my first month or two there. So I'm already like, it's it's fine dining. I've never worked in the industry. I'm super self conscious because I want to do well at what I'm doing. Yeah, you, you don't want to fuck up. Yeah, I'm not like a 17 year old that just like has like a busing job. It's like, yeah. oh well, yeah, I'll go to work and do that. I'm like, no, I like want to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I'm always nervous at work, you know, because I don't really know what I'm doing. So one day I set up the bar and I cut fruit. Right, that's part of your prep. So this bar is massive on the inside. So from corner to corner. It's probably like a good like 25, 30 feet. And Damn. there's a big liquor tree in the middle. So there's kind of like a racetrack around it. So I'm in one corner and he's in the other. And this is like 7.30 p.m. on like a Friday night. And I just hear, Jared, what the fuck? And I turn and I look. And he's like all the way over like 25 feet away. And this orange slice comes flying through the air and it hits oh. me in the side <laughs> of the face. <laughs> and we had this bartender named Justin he was like this older guy and he had this kid that played soccer and he was there and Richie looks over at him and he goes what the fuck are you cutting these oranges for halftime for Justin Kidd's soccer game and I looked and it was like a little thicker than usual but like that was like <laughs> if anything was like a hair off like just ripped into <laughs> This is the guy I also... He's a man of millimeters. Yeah, it's all for real. I mean, but that's why he was so good at what, yep. he, what he does, but I mean... Well, dude, I learned literally after that, like, yeah. what I thought was a parole officer was like, oh, this guy's good at what he does. Oh, he like, is. Oh, yeah, Richie Moses. This shit, dude yeah. uh, peeled, like, got an orange rind, and then he's like, watch this shit, and then took a lighter out and lit, like, the zest of an orange, like, made a little explosion in his hand. I was like... All right, this guy knows what's up. Well, like, I, got, what's up. I got so lucky because if you look at the list of people that barbacked and bartended for this dude and like what they mean to the Phoenix bar scene now, it's like some of the most incredible, successful, internationally successful bartenders in Arizona. And like, I feel blessed to like have gotten that oh, experience. For sure. But it's funny because like not like now I'm part of this brotherhood of like these people were like oh you work for Richie like oh yeah me too like I'm <laughs> I mean like I, I hot watered a tractor with this dude in like in Old Town Scottsdale blackout drunk like don't remember it like we got kicked out of like four bars that night and then the next morning I go on because he, he had this apartment like in the middle of Old Town like literally right in the middle and I went out on his balcony in the morning and there was like a tractor in the front yard. And all the bushes are all fucked up. And I'm like, Rich, what happened? He's like, oh, you don't remember hot wiring this tractor last night? 
funniest sure thing. Sure don't. Ever. Yeah, no, I really don't. <laughs> well, speaking of getting kicked out of bars, do you got any great kickout stories? Ooh. For myself? Or no, no, no. Kicking it. Oh, I, well, no, I mean, it's shit. I mean, Fuck no, if you I, get, actually, that would be the first story. time someone's taken it that direction. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever been like, oh, like, it's well, great story. All, the, all the times I've been kicked out, I can't remember. So <laughs> I don't have any of those We stories. tend to lean into like That's you the, kicking someone else out. You know, That's I the perfect alibi, by the way. I have a really good one. Okay, right. so this was still... Go off, King. This was still at Bourbon and Bones. A lot of life happened in those three years. But, uh... So it's like a Saturday night, like 8 or 9 p.m. Like, it's bumping in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm the first cut bar back, right? This really cute girl comes and sits at the bar, and she gets a Manhattan. So <clears throat> we serve her, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, Rich, you got to cut me now. Like, I got to, like, hang out with this girl. <laughs> hey, bro, uh, I'm trying to uh, holler at this girl. Cut yeah. Me. <laughs> well, like, it was already close to me getting cut, but I'm like, dude, can we get this going? Like, I got to, like, you know... So I'm doing my other stuff, getting ready to leave, and I come back out, and she's like passed out on the bar. She Dude. had like one drink, so I'm like, "Damn it!" Like, I was like so I was like, "All right, I'll just go to the go to Dose Green, goes across the street." So I go over there, I'm drinking for a minute, and then I just see all these cop cars like swarm Bourbon and Bones. So I'm like, "What the fuck?" I go back, and I'm retelling in the second hand because I wasn't actually there for it. So they try and get this girl to get up, right? She's kind of being belligerent. So they take her into the bathroom because she has to like go to the bathroom before she leaves, starts throwing up, like goes like rigor mortis, like won't move. So they can't get her out. So like, what's the next step? You got to call the cops. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like what she's ingested. Like, wh- like we got to make yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you got to get someone with uh, a little more authority in right. the room. <laughs> well, plus, plus we had served her a cocktail, Yep. which yep. she seemed fine when she came in. So obviously there's other stuff going on. Yeah, that'll happen. Dude, drunk so, people are tricksters. They oh, can yeah. figure out how to soberly sure. order one drink, and yeah. then all of a sudden nightmares after that. Exactly. Yeah, we've all got that for sure. So the paramedics come, and they're in the middle oh, of the we've, restaurant. Oh, we've upgraded to paramedics. Yeah. Oh. There's, uh, there's it's, cops it's, there. So cops arrive. They're, they're, they they're assess that like paramedics a, are now needed. So, right. Because I assume that when you to, call someone to remove a drunk person, they don't come with paramedics. Right. Well, so the we police had, have arrived and then decided paramedics yes. were needed. They're like, okay. we cannot remove okay. this person without putting them on, like, a gurney. Okay. So, Aggressive. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, she's on this thing getting wheeled out in the middle of the restaurant. And everyone's just kind of watching because it's Saturday night in Old Town. Like, even though these people are eating, like, $60 steaks, like, they're partying. They're having a good time. The owner's in the building. And the, the thing about this restaurant, the whole side of it is, like, this window that slides out. So, you can see onto the entire street. So... The paramedics are wheeling her out, and simultaneously as they are trying to go out the front door, this, like, Toyota Tacoma comes ripping down the road, and it doesn't have its, like, front tire. So there's just, like, sparks everywhere, and the cops are in the restaurant. So, like, it's a red light, so the, the truck ends up stopping, but the cop looks outside and is like, okay let's do this <laughs> yeah so homie, like what the homie f- starts like they start running out the front Dri- this is wild this girl driving on a rim but stopping for the light yeah i'm here for this it. gets better dude. <laughs> this gets this gets better <laughs> so I'm here. They're, they're wheeling her out and like the cop is running out with his hand on his taser and he like yells at the truck because the window's down and he goes sir please step out of the vehicle like you're missing a tire and if you look inside the truck, it's this dude. He's bigger than you, Alex. He's got a massive beard. He's got blue hair. 
And Jesus. homie has a 30 pack of Bush Light. Yeah. yeah. He has a 30 pack of Bush Light in the passenger seat and he's like chugging a beer. Oh. The cop's like, step out of the Love car. It. Now the cop is realizing, like, yo, this dude is like a problem. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, stopping on a spent rim was not oh enough God. of a red flag, I guess. So homie gets out, <laughs> homie gets out of the front. I'm, and he's still oh. drinking his beer. He hasn't put the beer down. Oh, I love and it. he oh, starts nice. walking towards the front of the restaurant. The front of the restaurant is literally on the corner of the intersection. So this dude is like 20 feet away from the front door. And he starts walking towards <sighs> the cop. The cop pulls a taser out and he goes, he's like, sir, like, sir. stop advancing, drop the beer. The yep. dude chugs it. He throws it behind his head into the back of the truck. And the cop just unloads on him. Son, this is a Benihana! Oh my god. Dude's getting tased. Giant blue hair dude getting tased. There's beer cans. This guy looks like he's going Super Saiyan. And they're like wheeling this girl out that's passed out. And the entire restaurant. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. They're just So poison controls there, wheel it out. Comatose lady. Oh my god. And then this dude just pulls up like Ghost Rider. And just on the rims. And the owner is there. The o- and he oh. owns a lot of restaurants, but he was partying too. And just stands up and everybody just starts cheering. It was the, the funniest thing ever. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, the camera footage. Oh, man. It was so good. But, yeah, that's, that's a good story about somebody getting kicked That's out. a great story about getting <laughs> somebody kicked out. Yeah. Alex, I'm going to let you take over this next story. I, uh, I've i been wiggling in my chair. I got to take it oh, no, so fucking bad. No, you're all good. I mean. I'll be right back. I mean, listen, I get so long-winded it's hard to tell if bobby's even on this podcast at the time <laughs> oh i mean yeah, that, needless to say i didn't go home with that girl so <laughs> well i mean that is uh that is good to hear in this story yeah uh, <laughs> hopefully she got home safe though <laughs> well um you know maybe poison control made sure that happened yeah, but uh seriously dude i mean there's um back to what bobby was saying um it's always been one of those things that as a bartender like you kind of roll the dice on. I know servers have experienced it. I mean, alcohol is just, you know, alcohol management is its own responsibility, right? And so we always try to give our best efforts. I mean, I know that I just recorded a podcast where we talked about how we overserved everyone for like a decade. But, you know, that was, I don't want to, you know, um, just like let it go. But, I mean, it was a different time thing. You know, Drem Shop Law was fairly new. You know, true change takes time uh, with these kind of things. And now there is definitely, I feel at least in Phoenix, because we're such a large city and we've we've had a huge focus on it. I, I feel that people, you know, drive dangerously less and uh, you know make a, a, a lot of these um, poor decisions a lot less often. I, I remember they would always have like record number like DUI reportings for like New Year's, and it's just been years since I heard any of that. Right. But that also doesn't change the fact that um, I've experienced. You know, in my time a decade ago, you experienced now, Bobby's experience where someone comes in and they, maybe even they just seem a tad weird, a little eccentric. Maybe they seem completely normal. And uh, you get them a drink and you get it in front of them and things seem fine. And then in a handful of minutes later, it's a complete disaster, right? Right. Um, I... Uh, as Bobby gets rigged back up, I'll just, I, I had a brief time. And, and I mean, I have a lot of stories Top 10 like, piss. like that, but, um, one that stands out the most, um, cause I'm sure we'll touch on this later and there'll be more minor stories. But I remember I had a girl come in one time and she just came in. It was like 11 AM. She sits down. She's like, Hey, uh, can I have a lunch menu? I was like, absolutely. And she's like, Hmm, I think I'll have a margarita with lunch too. And I was like, not a problem. And that's kind of what we were known for where I was working. 
Max. Uh, <laughs> where? <laughs> so where? Um, and so uh, make her a margarita, set it in front of her, and um, she drinks like maybe a third of it, and uh, orders some food, and then she's like, you know what? I got to get out of here. Um, can I get a box to go for that? And uh, I'll pay my bill, whatever. And so, I mean, anyone who's served behind a bar knows that there's between grabbing people's cards and turning around a handful of times, like there's some windows where people can just disappear on you. And so I rang her out. And so I turn around, I hand her the thing. I turn back around to like address my register. And then I hear the ticket machine. So I look over, I I can read it from where I'm at. Cause that's kind of how a restaurant was set up. But I was like, cool. I'll grab that beer. Um, that's to my right. So I don't turn back around. I go grab the beer, but now I got to turn around to the draft system, which I can now see the entire bar. She's gone. Food's still sitting there next to the go box. Receipt sign, tip, everything. Everything seems fine. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, next thing I know, I see cop cars like flying down the street and I'm like, oh, you know, like any other fucking waterhead jabroni. I'm just like, ooh, ooh what's going on? <laughs> uh, turns out she walked out of our restaurant because we can see the footage. She walks out. She loses her slippers in front of our establishment. She oh, just like no. steps out of them. Um, and then, you know, Dos Grinos is next door. She takes a left. She drops her pants. By the time she gets to the front door dose, her shirt's off. She takes a right, which actually takes her directly out of the complex onto the sidewalk. And then by the time you can still see it on camera, by the time she's by the sidewalk, she's completely nude. And now she's just walking down almost. But she paid her bill. Damn. She did pay her bill. Good for her. No doubt. I need you to make me a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. The moral of the story is I make a banger of a margarita. <laughs> yeah, serious <laughs> margarita party at Alex. Oh my gosh. But yeah, oh, it, she uh, okay though. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it turned out like her, no, no, no. her medication. She was not okay. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. it turned out. Well, ultimately, um, yeah, that was super loud in mic. Shout it into the mic. I need that medication. Um, yeah, she was on some sort of like new medication regimen. Um, she also had kind of like kind of problem with alcohol that I, I could not have been aware of. And so, like, when they did follow up with us, they're like, oh, it was medication change. Everything ended up being fine. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, there's a, only, out of all the years I was at that crazy-ass establishment, there's only a handful of stories where, like, things got super weird. Yeah. Um, and almost all the time, people ended up being fine, which is why I can laugh about the chaos and not be traumatized. Well, right. I, mean, I guess it's both. But, uh, hey, um, because I'll never shut the fuck up. That's going to be time. So, uh, Bobby, I don't know if you have a final question or if you want to do local shout-out. i got to go catch the uh, the fam at a park. Um, so, we'll lean right into industry shout-out. You kind of heard it, us talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, if, you're, if you've got one right away, otherwise we can kind of hit you with yeah, one. Yeah, I got one. Give you, let's, sure. let's hear it. Uh, mine is going to be uh, 36 Below in Ooh. Arcadia. So that's in the old undertow space under really? sip coffee. For for those that aren't familiar, that's um, Scottsdale's ghetto. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, Ethan and uh, Matt, two bartenders. Solid. I, I recently went there with Chuck, our GM at Twelve West, and it was the best bar experience I've ever had in my life. Dude, you got to so. hit me up when you go next because I I sell beer to uh, sip all the time, and yeah, uh, it's I so sell fun. beer to Thirty Six Below, but oh. I've never enjoyed their cock I've never got the time like to a enjoy the cocktails seems like a date is an order gentlemen. it's, it's yeah. one of those things where like the establishment is is great and everything's done really well 
but it's like the people, the bartenders oh, for are just sure. so dope. And like you're just you're not only like getting good drinks, but you're just being entertained. You know, it's hard to find. That's like a dirty mic thing. You know. Yep. Like absolutely. to have like rock stars that can actually make you good drinks. So yeah, thirty six below. That's mine. Killer. Um, fuck, I just had mine. I know you're all good. Um, I I um I always try to like you know I'm a contrarian by nature, so I always try to make my local show. It's a little weird when I don't have anything on deck, but um it's a little late, but um. My industry shout out's going to take just a bit to understand who it's to. But uh, over Labor Day weekend, my brewery engaged with the uh, Williams Fire Department, which is 100% voluntary, by the way, uh, because there's no budget for fire department. Um, so we uh, did a beer garden with them up uh, over the Labor Day weekend called Labor Days. We did a small beer festival and some fundraising. Um, I just actually want to give a huge shout out to the city of Williams. Um, they fucking showed up. Kelly. They fucking showed up oh, on... Yeah. One of the busiest weekends. Um, lots of other stuff going on. Um, a lot of breweries wanted to sport but couldn't for different reasons. We'll have it on a, a more auspicious day in the future. And it'll be more of an invitational beer festival kind of moving forward. But um, the people William showed up. We raised nearly $7,000 for the local fire department. Dope. Every brewery went through all their beer. We had, you know, we had Asha, you know, shout out to them as well. Just everyone involved. Jacob Newton, um, our head distiller who kind of like, Took it by the horns. Kevin Calloway, you know, the Grand Canyon brand manager who just is a consummate chameleon and badass who really helped wrangle that in while he was also, like, the day before trying to put together an entire golf tournament. And so on top of everything, you know, those guys, the city of Williams, the firefighters that put on fireworks for Labor Day in the middle of Williams for no reason other than to celebrate, um... We talked about community a lot earlier, and I uh, just wanted to shout out that because, you know, there doesn't seem to be, I, at least in my summation, like, there's that is just such a cool fucking thing that happened, right? And it's it's always nice to celebrate first responders. They're incredibly important to our society. Uh, we like what they do, except you, police, not you. Um, <laughs> stand by. Um, but... Um, you know, there, there's always a way you want you want to like give back to the community. You know, we've you know we've raised money for a canine unit for the police in the past. We've you know done stuff for the fire department and the first responders, and that's all well and good. But I just want to take a moment because it really does make a difference. And they've been over backwards to even help themselves out, which I mean makes sense. But and I'm going to ramble about it because I've just never seen such a sense of community come together in a way where I had breweries like Old Ellsworth and. <clears throat> um, Blackbridge at a Kingman and Oso again, shout out to the Oso boys that really showed up and poured beer and the city of Williams came out and supported and then the firefighters. So I just, it was such a great community experience. I'm super stoked to do events with them in the future, but just all those people I said really do deserve shout outs. And then the last one being John Peasley, who without his resources and, you know, um, I guess, involvement in the first responder community, we wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to do it. So just huge shout out to the Labor Days Fest and what it did for the city of Williams because, you know, without stuff like that, it's hard to fund municipalities sometimes. So I'll stop rambling. I'll shoot it over <laughs> to you, Bobby. <laughs> I give a shout out to uh, the Whining Pigs, man. There's a bunch of them. Woo! But uh, some serious shout outs Nada! to, uh, if you're going to be in, uh, if you're in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, hit up uh, Dale over at Whining Pig out there. He's oh. a fucking G. Um if you're in Awatuki, hit up Gabby. Uh, she's a fucking G. Uh, if you're in Bethany Home, Bethany Home, you hit up the uh, 
In Phoenix, you'll hit up the Baby Pig. That's the OG. That's Nora. Uh, Nora is a fucking G. If you're in Desert Ridge, hit up Nora again. She's yeah. a fucking G no, again. Nora, no, Nora's, uh, a, Nora's a... She's an, a, she, she's an industry G. Without a doubt. No um, and then uh, if you're at uh, Awatuki or McDowell Mountain, Rachel, she's a fucking G. Mm, uh, yeah. But Whiting Pigs, they've got All of them. Yeah. an outstanding beer list. Uh, they do a phenomenal job with events and trivias and every little thing. They do Phenomenal Brewery of the Months, and mm-hmm. they really do give a mean focus on, on a quality craft with a great uh, selection of draft and package beers. The package beers are outstanding, um, and it's uh, th- that's one of the, the few companies out there that's really leaned into like giving package a, a, a true shake in, in a, an on-premise account. Any of them will carry anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50, 60 no. package beers, and People, when you go to a bar, you just think, oh, I just want what's on draft. It's like, well, sometimes th- most bars can't get what's on draft because only 16 kegs of it will come to an entire state, right. but 80 cases will, and you're, yep. that's an opportunity you, for you to get Especially to like, try something. And I've said it a few times. This is one of the largest cities in the U.S. If there is another metropolis in this country, it will be here. Um, 80% of sales is off-premise in the state. Yeah. And so there are a lot of... To your point, um, package beer that gets overlooked at accounts, and uh, I would just to pivot off your shout out, just uh, urge people to take a look at the package list because usually it's fresh. Usually, and it's they relevant. and what's dope about it is they do happy hour on their package beers. A lot of bars just do happy hour on the draft because there's bigger margins in it, and they do Obviously. happy hour on draft. Dude, if you go to a whining pig, you're gonna get phenomenal beer. You're they, gonna get fucking phenomenal beer. They have food there too. Uh, yeah, they do uh, like panini style sandwiches okay. and like a cheese and meatboard. They're, oh, they're, yeah. oh, their we could do a good, whole simple, episode dude. on how they execute their, it, their it's, ghost it's kitchen. It's, it it's is really truly good. Oh, inspiring, yeah. but they all do have like uh, bites if you if you get hungry. Yeah, yeah. For sure. that's usually what I eat when I go out anyways. It's so. like simple grilled cheeses and there's like they have like the grilled cheese. They have the grilled cheese with like prosciutto and tomato. Like they, they do about eight different things on there and they're very simple and it's just enough to like I'm not star- I don't want an entire meal for twenty five dollars. Give me a nine. They're not trying to cook you a ribeye. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? like, give me a nine dollar yeah. uh, grilled cheese panini style thing with the bag of chips or something, yeah. and I'm oh, fucking yeah. stoked. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. And they are incredibly well done. But the the beer that they've got on hand, like you're gonna have a great time if you're there for wine. If you're let's say you're only your wife or just your husband or however, however it is uh, is a wine drinker. You're a beer drinker. They've got everything for you. Um, it's beer and wine, so no no hard alcohol. Uh, but if those are anything that you're looking for, the whining pigs, they're all over the, they're all over the valley. I mean, you're going to have a, at least the Phoenix. Metro, yeah. And you're they've expanded into a cocktail concept as well. And, uh, yeah, just to echo Bobby, like what, a, what, a, what a great, um, local, uh, group to really kind of shout out. Absolutely. So. Well, they got two now, right? The red, yeah. The, the, uh, the pigtails. Pigtails. They no, two, but then one they, in they downtown up, Phoenix. They just opened up another bar. Um, Rough Rider. Rough Rider. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I almost went there last weekend. Yeah. That Maybe that's like what a... we'll plan a little Rough Rider trip. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. I uh, I haven't been to there, and I want to. Cool. Yeah, I want to go to there. Liz Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. To there. To there. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Jared, thanks for coming. Thanks for having Cheers. me. This was awesome. Cheers. Cool. Bye.